podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with the scripture reading and a message. We would love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. If you are here in Berkeley, Epworth's worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at 1953 Hopkins on the corner of Napa and Hopkins. Or if you connect with our podcast from further away, we would invite you to visit our website, epworthberkeley.org. We'd invite you to keep seeking to grow in faith and to stop by the next time you're in Berkeley. Is there trouble anywhere? I'm Daniel, a, a member of Epworth, and I'll be uh, reading the scripture this morning, which is Luke 11, 1 through 13, and that's uh, page 72 in your pew Bible. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Creator, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is a friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So as I say to you, ask and it will be given you, search and you will find, knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks the door will be open. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish, or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly creator give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Amen. Well, we have some significant milestones coming up here at Epworth, and maybe you are aware of, of one of these, and I want, but I want to make sure that you, everyone is aware and that you're aware of, of both of these. Uh, so on September 15th, we will be celebrating 30 years of Jerry Ashheim's ministry in music leading our congregation. So 
So we're looking, we're looking forward to that celebration and hearing, hearing the story of how Jerry came to Epworth and the, the choir has cut a tribute CD and I think that's the big release day for, for the CD. So we'll have a party to honor Jerry on that day. And Susan Jardin is coming up on 20 years of ministry. And I know. So, <laughs> so in the coming months, we're also going to have a, a celebration for Susan. Susan started in the congregation as a, a leader of the playgroups. And she's just it continued to grow her ministry from that point now to, to being our director of children and families and older adult ministries. And our, our really our burgeoning older adult ministries is thanks really in large part to Susan's leadership and her, her ability to just connect people and see the needs of people and um, to, to respond. So we're so incredibly blessed here at Epworth to have these two amazing persons in our midst and to have these long tenured, tenures that have grounded and guided this congregation. So, as, so I was thinking about these two milestones and I realized I'm actually coming up on a milestone too. So uh, next year marks for me 25 years in full-time ministry. So you're, thank you, thank you. But, um, but, th but that just makes me feel so old. <laughs> so, I graduated from seminary, seminary in 1995 and I've been serving churches and campus ministry and other ministry settings since that time. And one thing that has been remarkable to me in all of that time is how many people, many who are, who are weekly attenders at church and some of the, of the leaders of the church have come to me and, and say kind of confessionally, they feel they really don't know how to pray. And um, remarkable, maybe, but actually this isn't surprising. This is really not surprising because anyone who has ever said that or felt that is in really good company. The best company, actually. Because you heard in our scripture today from Daniel that... Um, that, that, that we have this scene where, where Jesus has just come back from his praying and the disciples, you can just kind of look, see them looking at him and, and desiring the peace that he clearly is exhibiting after his period of prayer. And one says to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. And you know, there were, there were many times, of course, that the, that the disciples uh, asked things of Jesus or posed questions to him. And in many cases, he reframed their question or he responded somewhat cryptically with a parable. And sometimes he just flat out didn't answer. He ignored their questions. <laughs> but in this case, he responds directly with an answer giving a model of prayer in, in what we have come to know as the Lord's Prayer, what we say here at Epworth, that the prayer that Jesus taught. And in this direct response, this teaching that he gives to the disciples, I think we see that Jesus understands that prayer is something that people need help with. 
The Apostle Paul, in his later writings, talked about prayer being one of a number of spiritual gifts. There are those among us with the gift of prophecy, or serving, or teaching, or preaching, or giving aid, or performing acts of mercy, or discernment. And there are those among us who really do have the gift of praying. We count as well, on these folks as our, our prayer warriors, but Pastor Brian reminded me earlier today, that's really kind of an oxymoron <laughs> because prayer, we think of prayer as a peaceful thing. But, um, but these folks are ones who really, who take it on as the, as the, as the, as the work and the challenge and the, and the daily um, peace of their spiritual life. And, and as with all spiritual gifts, even when we do not have a special ability in a particular area, there is a dimension of every gift that all Christians need to try to exercise. All of us are not natural teachers, but as Christians, we all find places where we need to offer teaching and faith, whether it be to our, our own children or the children of the congregation, grandchildren or others we encounter who have not heard the good news of love and new life. And so Jesus offers to us a starter in prayer. He says, when you pray, start in this way. And the prayer begins, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Prayer is essentially a relationship between you and God. The Lord's Prayer in some ways is like a warm-up. It, it flows into a long list of petitions and or sometimes it flows into a long conversation and for some it's a positioning of, of their day and their actions throughout the day. There is no one right way to pray. But in opening with the Lord's Prayer, we position ourselves as underneath the power of the Almighty. We point toward a world of love and justice, which we and God long for. We offer our gratitude for our lives and our daily sustenance. We ask forgiveness for ourselves and others. And we plea to be aided in making good choices and to not be consumed by the world's brokenness. And then again, we affirm that God is in charge. From that basic model, Christian heroes and saints throughout the ages have sought to understand and to practice authentic prayer. Thomas Merton, the American monk who lived at Gethsemane Abbey in Kentucky, made popular an understanding of of prayer, uh, which is known as apophatic prayer. Apophatic prayer is prayer without content. Prayer without content. It refers to emptying the mind of everything. And it, it's, it's similar to maybe like Buddhist vipassana uh, meditation, but it is simply sitting in the presence of God. And as a Cistercian monk, Merton did not speak. So it's interesting to me that his style of communication with God seems to have been beyond words as well. On the other hand, Saint Ignatius, 
the father of the Jesuit order and the specific practices of Ignatian spirituality elevates cataphatic prayer, cataphatic prayer, which is a, a, it's sort of on the opposite end of the spectrum from what Merton was doing. Cataphatic prayer is rich with symbols and words and ideas and images. And part of this kind of Ignatian spirituality in prayer is to use our imaginations with the gospel, to pick a story, to imagine you are in it, feel what it's like, notice what Jesus looks like, listen to what he says to you, and so forth. So you can see how, how vastly different these two styles of praying are, and yet these two men are really considered heroes of prayer in the tradition of our faith. Dorothy Day also was considered a leader uh, in, in prayer, a hero in our faith. She's the founder of the Catholic Worker House Movement, where persons banded together in small communities to feed the hungry, to care for the sick, to clothe those who didn't have any clothes. And uh, she said of prayer that we should simply practice the presence of God. She said, what can we do? And I think, I think of her, you know, facing the vast need of, um, you know, the, the folks that she was working with in New York City and, say, and saying, what can we do? And her response is, we can pray. We can pray without ceasing, as St. Paul said. We can say with the apostles, Lord, teach me to pray. So she says, so I resolved then to be more careful not to omit certain devotions that I let myself off from on account of my irregular life and fatigue. After all, when I have been working from seven until 12 at night or traveling 15 hours by bus, I can realize all the more the words of Jesus to the disciples as recorded in the book of Matthew. Can you not watch with me one hour? Morning prayers in my room before going to Mass. I always omit them, rushing out of the house just in time as I do. If I were less slothful, it would be better. But then she says, around the middle of the day, to take, even though, even though it be to snatch 15 minutes of absolute quiet, thinking about God and talking to God, the thing to remember is not to read so much or talk so much about God, but to talk to God. Days, days wrestling with the, 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 the kind of schedule she keeps, the kind of ministry she does, the kind of serving, and the, the way that it can entire one out resonates with me. But her reminder of just to be in the presence of God, to turn one's talking uh, to God is important for us to hear. Frederick Douglass, the 19th century African-American activist, abolitionist, politician, and author said of prayer, I prayed for 20 years and received no answer until I began praying with my legs. This statement was famously paraphrased decades later by the Jewish activist Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, who said, for many of us, the march from Selma to Montgomery was about protest and prayer. 
Legs are not lips and walking is not kneeling and yet our legs uttered songs. Even without words, our march was worship. I felt like my legs were praying. And finally, St. Teresa of Avila, the 16th century Spanish Carmelite nun, is known for her mystical visions and fervent search for connection with God. In proclaiming her the first woman doctor of the church, Pope Paul VI selected one of her many titles as the basis for conferring that honor on her. Teresa of Avila, teacher of prayer. She considered that her vocation and mission was prayer in the church and with the church. And she is credited with offering many prayers, including this simple one. Let nothing disturb you, let nothing frighten you. All things are passing away. God never changes. Patience obtains all things. Whoever has God lacks nothing. God alone suffices. Yet even Teresa experienced a period of about 15 years where it is said she had difficulty praying and said that she lacked a connection with God. The truth is that many of us find prayer challenging in, an, in a sustained and regular and disciplined way. Maybe not so much the public prayer in worship or the private prayer with another person, but that personal prayer of direct communication with God. Some experience what is known as monkey mind, where the mind jumps from this or that while praying, or a frustration that if God knows all our needs and our sufferings and our hopes, why do we need to say it? But that's precisely it, really, because prayer is like any kind of relationship. When we imagine that the other already knows what we want to say or what we are experiencing, what we are attempting to put into words, um, what we are doing is cutting off the connection between ourselves and that other. Of course, God does know. But when we formulate what it is we need to say and say it, then it does something important for us and for the other. When we don't feel like reaching out, we still need to do it. And there are times uh, when it is necessary also just to sit in the presence of another, and this is also true of God. The more disciplined we are about maintaining any relationship, the stronger it grows. How much more so is this true with God? There have been times in my life and ministry when prayer has come easy for me, and the discipline of regular prayer in morning and night has not been a problem. When starting seminary, I had my own little prayer area in my room with candles and prayer books and beads, and crosses and other prayer aids. At that time in my life, immersed in the study of scripture and with few other responsibilities, it was not so much of a challenge to find time to pray. And there have been many other times in my life when I have struggled to get into a regular rhythm, to find the minutes and to focus my mind, my thoughts, and my words in direct conversation with God. 
St. Teresa realized that not all souls travel the same path to perfection, but that God leads souls by many different roads. At the same time, she knew that in order to teach the theology and practice of prayer, one has to follow a basic pattern or structure. This basic pattern is taught to us today in today's scripture. Whether we pray with ease or whether we struggle to maintain regularity, or whether we find that what comes most easily is praying with our feet, may we begin with awe and thanksgiving, confession and hope. May we be grounded in the words that Jesus taught us. Amen.